Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and we are here today to discuss uh, Leviathan Wakes, the first book in the Expanse series with some friends today and a newcomer to the to our streams. So I'll let everyone introduce themselves. And John, do you want to start us off with an introduction? Tell us about your channel. All right. Yeah, my name is John. My channel name is Hey Y'all Listen Up. Uh, I cover mostly, well, mostly Piers Anthony. That's my favorite author, but uh, kind of classic science fiction and fantasy. I do, try to read some new newer stuff as well. That's or why I read Leviathan Wakes. And so, yeah, that's kind of what my channel is about. And Layla, you want to tell us about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Layla Goshi. I um, am a writer and also an English professor in St. Louis. And Robin? Yeah, sure. Hi, uh, my name is Robin. My channel is uh, Bookends and Biscuits. Um, I mostly uh, read sci-fi because space is awesome, um, but also fantasy and crime as well, um, generally. But yeah, space and sci-fi is the best. Yeah, I'm, I haven't gotten, I haven't read too much sci-fi, but I found myself uh, enjoying this one a lot more than I expected to. So I'm coming over to the side. So, uh, John, what did you think about this one? I kind of have an idea, but what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well. <laughs> It's it's a very kind of middle-of-the-road book for me. I, I wound up giving it three stars. I thought about giving it four, but it's not, you know, it's not a four-star four book for me by any means. And I was kind of curious as well because, you know, I enjoy science fiction, and this is a book I really should have enjoyed, and I was kind of scratching my head. But I as I started to review my notes for this, I was like, yep, I, I remember now why. Uh, I kind of kind of gave it, three stars and it's just I, I didn't find the storyline as interesting as i would have liked or the characters as interesting so it was just i mean it's not bad and there are definitely things about the book that i did appreciate um but then again it just and i think part of the problem is is as soon as the uh chapter with the detective came on uh, up I was like, okay, this is a detective story. And for some reason, detective stories aren't my thing. I think it just lost the star right there. So, <laughs> And uh, did you watch the, the uh, adaptation or did you just have it? I have not. I have not seen it, no. Okay. Uh, Layla, what did you think about Well, first, did you see the, the adaptation and what did you think about this one? Um, I did see the adaptation. And um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I made sure to, I binged it, and then I made sure to catch up, you know, on, on episodes um, that, you know, came out later. Um, and so uh, I enjoyed the story, um, but I found it to be much, I found the show to be much more political hmm. than I found the, well, the first book. So now the first book, you know, is, is standing on its own as a certain you know, as a story. Um, but overall, I liked it um, as, as I was saying, as a fun read and a quick read, because it's, it's kind of got that, um, you know, it's got the same vibe as like all the Star Trek stories. I used to buy all of those like little, you know, four or $5 books with all the Star Trek stories and, you know, the little Star, Star Trek episodes. And so it, you know, it was, um, as I, you know, heard other people say, you know, like the, the space opera or the soap opera in space, so to speak, there's a, 
a love interest, there's danger. Um, and then, you know, it's just fun. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. And Robin, did you see the adaptation? And because you you read this previously, did you have you seen the live adaptation or the uh, adaptation for it? Yes, yeah, 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 I did. I read the book as I said first quite a long time ago, and then watched the series, and then I've reread it. I really enjoyed the series. I thought it was quite true to the book, at least the first book, um, and I thought they did it really well. The book itself, I, I adore it, <laughs> but. Um, I think that's because I actually really enjoy crime as well. So sci-fi and crime together as a crossover is like my absolute favourite. So as soon as I saw that, that that the kind of crime, almost noir crime feel brought in, to me, that put it up rather than down. So obviously that's just personal choice, <laughs> personal preference. But, um, but yeah, I just, I think you're right. I think it's it's a very fun one. It's It's got, yeah, it's got all the space opera politics. It's got all the everything like that. It's a quick read. It's got full of action. I just, I really adored it myself. So I thought it was great. Yeah. I just yeah. want to say hi to uh, to Chris. Thanks for coming by, Chris. And of course, Lauren, he's one of my go-tos for book suggestions. <laughs> but um, I, I did enjoy this one because I've seen the live adaptation and I, I was a little nervous because, you know, it's the, it's sometimes I need some space between the book and the adaptation. But I thought the book was great. I I loved it. Um, I at, when I was finished, that there's just something missing that doesn't make it like great. There's just something that's really good. I just there's I don't know what it is. If I'm there's just something missing from it being great, great. Um, but I I liked. I had a different view on the characters, like Miller especially. I liked Miller a lot more in the book than because I felt like he was fleshed out a little bit more in his history and what he was thinking that you didn't necessarily get in the show. In the show, you just he seemed kind of like an odd duck, but in the book, you realize you 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 realize why he's um, he's so attached to to finding uh, Julie. So, yeah, I think he's just got such a sad storyline as well. Like, I guess I think you're right. In the in the TV, it was it was a bit more like you said, just a kind of an odd character. But in in this one, some of the the points for Miller were just kind of like, oh, oh my God, poor guy. <laughs> so <laughs> you really feel for him like halfway through. Um, so yeah, I really liked I, I really liked Miller as a character. I feel like Amos um, Amos came across very differently in the book to me in a good way than the show. I did enjoy him in the show. I I always enjoyed you know uh, seeing his perspective, but he just seemed smarter, I guess, in the book, um, or just more more aware of what was going on. I don't know. I don't know why in the show, but it always seemed like he was, you know, not quite understanding what was going on or kind of missing things. I mean, that's the impression I got. But in the book, he's um, he's a lot more intuitive, and I liked that. I liked that. Um, but if I, you know, if I had not seen the show, I think um, yeah, Miller would have been uh, my standout uh, character as well. John, which which character stuck out for you? Um, I, I will tell you, yeah, Miller, Miller and Holden. I mean, they're the two main characters, so they're the ones that kind of stood out the most. To me. As far as secondary characters, I kind of like the uh, lieutenant on the Martian uh, uh, warship, the one that you know kind of helps them get to the Corvair. I think his name was Kelly, wasn't it, Lieutenant Kelly? Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. I don't remember. 
pushing my name memory. <laughs> you know what, though, in regard to the end, which um, I, I, can, I think, John, you had, you had mentioned the ending, something that I realized after reading this <clears throat> that I never caught uh, in the show was that, you know, it, it was, it ended up being kind of an Adam and Eve story. You know, because you had Eros, which is the what isn't Eros the the guy that was kind of like Cupid with the arrow of love or something like that. And then um, maybe I'm wrong, but then they they end up on Venus. I mean, they crash into Venus, and Miller's in love with Julie. You know, um, I mean, there was just kind of this thing that, where it seems like. Um, I mean, that is kind of a formula to kind of use mythic, you know, mythic representation of something happening. And I did enjoy that in a, um, in a kind of tongue in cheek way. I mean, I found that kind of amusing. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, no, I hadn't, yeah. yeah, I hadn't picked yeah. up on the school actually, but think about it, it's quite good. Yeah. And I can't remember if it, it was portrayed on the show like that at all. But then even Leviathan is from the Old Testament. It was like a sea monster in the Old Testament. So it just felt like they were trying to pull on these uh, mythic mythic uh, symbols. Um, but it's at the same time, it didn't come across as that deep to me. So I'm not sure if they hit the mark, you know. Or is just kind of a fun thing to just kind of notice, you know. Like a wink and a nod. A wink and a nod. Uh, Chris says, it's interesting to see how people view uh, Leviathan Wakes in isolation. It's a series that builds the world and intrigue slowly over time. Yeah, that I'm, makes sense. yeah something that I, I really enjoyed about this book is, is that it focused on uh, this group of characters and didn't get so much in, into the political part of it. Like the show has storylines at the same time and that was i was a little worried about too many points of view so i'm glad that this had this had a focus on um on that storyline yeah absolutely i think in the later books it gets yeah much more as you said much wider much more political and pulling in between like mars and Belt and everything else um this one was a much more enclosed story wasn't it because you get you get a touch of it from holden just smashing through everything and opening up to all the different places accidentally or not. Um, but yeah, you don't really see much of the ramifications, I think, until the later books. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and maybe that's one reason I didn't enjoy this first book as much is because it did not go into that. Maybe if it had, I might have been made them a bit more interested. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right, because it does focus a lot on the, on the uh, is it Julie? Julie Mao story quite a lot. And, and that kind of thing. So that's half the book, isn't it? So yeah, maybe later on the other books, when it's a little bit more about politics, it might be better for other people. How many? How many of those? How much of the series have you read, Robin? Have you read the, the whole thing? No, 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 no. I think I actually can't remember, which is one of the re reasons I want to reread them. I think I would. I think I'm not sure, but I think I was maybe five or book five or book six. Um, but as I said, I literally just stopped reading or waited for the next book and then forgot to pick it up so then it was years and i have to reread to remember the whole plot so um so yeah be good i can't even remember much of book two so i think it's gonna be fun <laughs> trying to pick that up as well 
And something that the one thing that did bother me was the whole uh, why don't they fly into the sun? You know, that's I, I kind of took it as a joke like women are from Venus, so crashing the Venus is the you know, I think Holden, I think someone asked him, why did you tell them to go to Venus? And he said it was a joke, but that was one thing that kind of like, but why wouldn't you just fly into the sun? <laughs> this was over, but yeah, so that, that was a little, but I guess that's a way for them to keep it going. But. I think there was one line where it might have been um, Holden that um, at one point also responds, well, do you want to see a giant spire coming out of the sun? Mm. Like, there, you know, um, and I don't know, it was kind of a throwaway line, so, but I don't know if that was in there just to kind of answer that question. But I felt the same thing. I mean, that would be hopefully problem solved. Um, yeah. And if not, if, if there were a concern that it could like eat the sun or something, you know, who knows, um, then maybe the book needed a, a little more discussion of that so that it was more obvious to us. I think I always assumed, and I don't know if this was written in anyone's book, but I always assumed it was because it would be unlikely they were able to get her to pilot into the sun because there had to be some sort of like a agreement from her on where she wanted to take it. So I think I always just assumed that it was because she wouldn't, or the uh, protein monitor wouldn't allow them to destroy it completely. But I think that was an assumption rather than a thing that was clearly written in, in, the, in the book as well. No, that makes sense because he he did have to convince her to um, to change course. So no, that makes sense. I didn't think about it that way. I wonder what what all of you thought when um, with Holden and his his thought behind release, you know, providing information for everyone and not keeping things uh, you know silent. And I guess if you're in that situation and you, the ship with everyone you know for the past uh, however many years blows up, your reaction may be to go announce it to everyone and warn everyone. But is that the best thing to do? Um, and because we started this whole mess, so I, I wondered what what all of you thought about that. If you would, if you were in that position, would you want everyone to know what's happening, or would you keep it quiet? It, it's one of those things where it, he could have handled it better with you know his word choice. But we all know that if you try to go through channels and you know try to keep it secret, it never works. So, you know, just just what he did, you know, probably it, it, it's the best of some bad decisions, a, a choice of bad decisions, which I'm sure will come up later in the discussion. too. Yeah. I think as far as the character, it showed that he's kind of like the guy that can never tell a lie. You know, he's just got to tell everything he knows. But on a different aspect of it i thought why is he the first one to have ever done this because if anybody can just it's kind of like the internet you know if anybody can just open the mic and say whatever they want to say to the whole galaxy or solar system um i'm surprised he's the first one but maybe that also shows just the level of um, civilization um or the culture that they've come to where they don't do that so hmm. yeah i think uh i think the first instance i think probably to me it made sense because you're trying to he was also trying to save himself by broadcasting and that kind of seemed like the only way i think as you got later on when he was just broadcasting like everything 
it also almost showed like his, I think Miller brought up this like naivety around what exactly he was putting out there without vetting it first. And I really loved that that conversation with Miller and Holden later in the book where Miller's just like, what are you doing? Are you not looking at the ramifications of all of this and not looking at it from a point of view where not everyone's a good person and they're going to use that to their advantage? So I thought that was good. And I, I really liked the interaction between Miller and Holden because Miller's more of a, like a grey character. Like he, he's, he's not bad, but he doesn't, his motivations or whatever, I don't know, like chaotic neutral almost. <laughs> um, I think, uh, it's kind of like, um, but um, Holden's very much more of a like, a, just a, thinks everyone's going to do the right thing. So he doesn't seem to look at the, the ramifications of that. And I think that was um, quite interesting on it. But yeah, it was good. Those two characters yeah, to play good on each other. I'm sorry, Layla. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it brings him a lot of power. It like it upsets the power balance um, just by him. It's not even the information. It's just that, you know, he. Uh, well, it is the information too, but it's his. Uh, he's become a spokesperson, and so he's drawing um, both good and bad to him, and. Again, with him being the righteous one, to me, that kind of took on this, you know, prophet sort of um, way of, of looking at it. I mean, again, with a wink and a nod, not, you know, not that I'm taking it as being that deep, but um, I kind of got a vibe, that kind of vibe from it. Uh, Chris says it's, it goes to whom Holden is as a character. He has a simplistic view of right and wrong, and that is somewhat naive. He's a character that I was, am still conflicted about. Yeah. yeah. So with your um, with your viewpoints of um, this, like uh, discussions about the names of things and about the the, the nod and the wink, what did you think about the idea of flying the? massive um generation ship and using that to ram eros do you think that had anything behind it at all or was it just a a, a good plot point like how explain further the generation ship uh, <laughs> what that represents oh. I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's all kind you know i haven't really thought through that but it does now that you say that it just seems like there's they're coming back again to these belief systems and myth and he's making these things collide and he's um bringing things together and i think that might be something with the books to watch further i haven't read any of the other books but you know um yeah, and I well, say he because there's two different authors right mm -hmm. yes yeah I didn't realize that for such a long time. I felt really stupid when I found out that it was there was a pen name for the two two authors together. I was so <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, well, I, I actually thought it was a clever idea to you know that scheme to have the uh, the generation ship kind of uh, slam into it to destroy it. But really, the whole point of it was is to show the uh, asteroid. Uh, move out of the way just to you know because you know that was a, a you know quite an accomplishment to move itself out of the way in the space in the time that it had to do it so that was really just a, a uh, insert to show you how well to show you that 
it was the reveal that it had become self-aware mm. and was able to act on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost like a device, I guess, to show to show that I could. I felt really bad for the Mormons, though. You know, the, 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 <laughs> yeah. all this, all this set up, and they were ready to go. And then at the last minute, you know, they had they were so dedicated and you know had all this plan, and they were going to be there for generations. And it's just, I'm sure they you know a lot went into it, and then it, they just took their ship. I felt bad for the Mormons. I don't know. I felt bad for them. <laughs> no, I did as well. It had that whole thing where they had to like go in and take them all off the ship because they were refusing to move. And I was like, yeah, that much money and that much time and effort, it's like all down the drain. Not, not yeah. All for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of um, the character? What's his? Was it Fred? What's his Fred? The guy who was part of the the Belter. Johnson, isn't it? Yeah, Fred Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think to his character? Because he's a quite a main secondary character, I think. I mean, I I like. Um... Again, in the show, I wasn't quite sure where he's coming from, but the book, I get a much better sense of of what is going on. Um, but at the same time, I don't see him as being completely, um, you know, I guess trying to make amends. I mean, from the from the way from the way the story goes, from the way the book is. Um, he has seen how much damage he caused and so now he's kind of switched sides and and you know through his work trying to make make amends and but at the same time he's still um someone who's looking out for his own interests yeah because he you know he wanted the protomolecule he was trying to get that information from holden yeah yeah so um so i do like his character i think um, there's a really great, uh, he has a great future in the books. <laughs> um, so. What did you think about Fred, John? He, he's an okay character. I mean, I, I didn't dislike him. I just, I guess he was kind of too much of a stereotype for me mm-hmm. to really get invested in his character. So, I mean, not a bad character, but not a great one either. I did. Um, I, I think I'm with Layla in, in that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about his motivations. I think he's. Uh, I think he's trying to maneuver himself and trying to get the right position. But this, he could have taken the proto molecule from Holden and the crew by force if he wanted to. But he, I think he was playing the long game and trying to win their favor and trying to play all the angles and and just hoping things would work out eventually in his favor. He ended up with the molecule anyway. But I, I don't. And I just want to mention. I don't know who who casted the the actors for the show but they did a fantastic job because the the descriptions of the characters in the book are very very close to the actors that are on the show yeah i agree i agree i think the only difference they seem to um yeah they seem to describe the belters as very tall and thin and i guess that's something they couldn't really replicate to the extent they were described in the book um, but still, yeah, I thought the casting was great. What so. were your thoughts on Fred, uh, Robin? I think uh, it's difficult because I think a lot of I think a lot of my opinion maybe comes from later books. Because, <laughs> 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 so, for example, there, there's a novella that's based on his uh, backstory, and that was probably like the first novella I ever bothered to pick up uh, for a series. 
um, and um, they actually incorporated that into the show, where it's not in the first book. Um, uh, and I think that gives, I don't know, not just fleshes out his background a little bit more. But I think I think I think he's an interesting character. But um, but I think yeah, I hadn't thought about it before actually about yeah, how much he probably is still working in his own interests. I hadn't really taken that into consideration um, actually thinking on it now. So maybe. <laughs> And, uh, Chris, is it interesting that the in the TV show he's played as quite a bit more aloof? His motivations aren't as clear as in the novelization. Yeah, I think that could be influencing me, <clears throat> you know, uh, because when I'm reading Fred, I'm I'm still thinking show, and I need to get out of that and just let him be who he's going to be in the book. It's always so hard to separate things, isn't it? Once you, once you <laughs> yeah, it, it is tough to separate the two. And um, there was the the other detective, I in season one spoilers, but for the show. But um, I think in the show there was a the whole other storyline with the the uh, Havenworth. Is that his name? The other detective that's with Miller, uh-huh. the one that's not from the belt. Um, he had a whole other storyline in the show that. I think it it could have done without now that we've read now that I've read the book. I think that was kind of pointless. Uh, I think he was attacked and he was. Uh, I was gonna, is he killed in the TV series? Sorry. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I think he's I think he's seriously injured. I think he comes back. Or I don't want to say too much, mm-hmm. but I, I think he's seriously injured or, or stabbed or attacked during the riots when all this yeah. first happens. And it, I don't know if it needed it so i think it's better without it because i think in the book isn't there basically they took the storyline of that random person that they find in the riots and i think they merged that together so they put that 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 does occur in the book i think but i think it's just a random person and i think what they did was took that and then made it the detective Um, i I guess they bring it home a little bit more i'm not i'm not sure Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah when i was reading through that i was like oh I don't remember this in the yeah in, in the book or in the TV series. Subtle difference, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting what they what they have to you know move around for the adaptation, the changes they have to make to make it fit for the different medium. So. Yeah. But I did like the the proto molecule being basically a weapon that just got derailed on its way to Earth. I thought that was very interesting. I lo- I love that about the. I, I felt like I understood the proto molecule more in the book than I did in the show. Yeah. Is it, oh, is it a weapon? Well, that's, oh. well, that's what yeah, they they speculated that it was it was sent um, it was on its way to Earth and then it it got caught in Saturn's moon or ah. it got derailed by Jupiter or Saturn. Yeah, and I had, stuck. No, I didn't realize it. I completely missed the fact that it was a weapon. I thought it was just a. Uh, uh, terraformery type esque thing. I'm not sure if it was meant to destroy just to create, but I, I may have missed that completely. <laughs> yeah, I I think in the book it, it's speculated that it's a weapon. Oh, okay. Yeah. That may change too. Yeah. What did you think about that, Layla? You know, I my thought was I wasn't quite sure either in the book, but um the key point is that the the um humans are turning it into a weapon they're turning it you know whatever it is uh it's becoming um a coveted thing that um you know ultimately they may they're already um 
in opposition over it. And so um, I think it's more about, you know, like the Rorschach, Rorschach uh, test where, you know, it's what does it say about us as humans that we would handle this this way? You know, it might be good used for good, you know. Um, it might end up terraforming Venus, you know, in a beautiful way with the, the Adam and Eve, you know, down there now, <laughs> Miller and Julie. So, but at the same time, it can do a lot of damage as well. And it's how we behave that is the issue. So I, I did think uh, I did think they did did emphasize how dangerous and lawless the station and factions are. Links nicely to the future politics in the series. Mm-hmm. And and they did touch a little bit. I felt like they touched a little bit more on the on it being like a like a corporate entity that there was it was for profit. They were trying to use the test of proto, proto molecule for profit and for you know for their own their own gains. So I thought that that was. I don't remember that being too heavily on the show. I think it was more of the focus on the political side of the the conflict between Mars and the Belt and Earth. Yeah. So I think it's relatable, you know, even to, um, and again, it might not come out on the show like this, but, you know, we're inventing new things all the time that can be um, used for various purposes and comes down to human behavior as to how we're going to to handle that. And so when you have these characters, you know, Holden, who is very, um, just very um, sure about how the world should work, you know, and what is right and what is wrong. And then, and then we have the belt um, through Naomi, you know, I thought it was very interesting, their conversation where, um, he was upset that Miller had just killed the CEO, you know, of whatever the company is. Um, but Naomi didn't see it the same way. And Miller didn't see it the same way. Because the belt's way of handling incompetence or whatever is just to you know, off the person. So, uh, <laughs> like, there's that story of how the guy wasn't running the, the moisture cylinder ride or something and I mean like space or something and everybody just went on with their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know I think it's um again it's like what is right or wrong in the context you're in. So it's really interesting to think about. I also liked that about that particular scene actually, about how it was more about Miller was worried about the, how the guy was spinning it to people, how he was selling it to the people. And he was like almost um, future thinking that actually, if people start listening and understanding that, they're just going to let him redo it all over again. And he'd already jumped like four, four steps ahead where everyone else was just kind of at step one. He was just not prepared to let that happen. And again, quite a sad point where later on you found out that he made that decision knowing for a while that it was going to cost him being able to stay with the rest of the crew. Um, again, which is why I think Miller was such a sad point. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, I think remembering, I think that plays again later on in the series. 
Yeah. So, what did you what did you think about his choice, Robin? Did, did he um, should he have shot the? Was it a scientist or the official? Yeah, the CEA. Yeah. yeah oh, I I hundred percent think he did the right thing. <laughs> what about you, John? Would you have, would you have done that? I don't, I don't know that I would call it the right thing. It was just the bad, the best of bad choices. Because I mean, he's he has a very good point. Imagine if they had put that guy on trial, and he would have gotten off the hook. And the way he was spinning it, there was a very good chance of that happening because he, you know, he had the lawyer, you know, he was a smooth speaker. So that he, he there, the risk of, of him actually getting off the hook for it was probably too high. Mm -hmm. And Layla, what, what do you think about that one? Um, you know, uh, I'm more I'm more on Holden's side of this that you know but at the same time I I do understand sometimes the it's the contextualization <laughs> you know um, the context of the moment you know a, a belter who sees um, a bigger threat and who may who knows who is going to automatically lose out of any you know situation that comes up. I can understand, I think what Holden did, I mean, um, Miller did, I think what he did makes sense for Miller and for the belt <clears throat> within in the book. But I'm more on the Holden side of, um, you know, do no harm. So, you know, that's, that's uh, what's fun about it. <laughs> I can understand the whole thing of, I guess, uh, Holden's point as well was that he it's not guaranteed that that will occur. So you're already punishing something for something that could occur rather than something that he's definitely going to. So I guess that's the kind of um, the swing point there as well. Yeah. yeah. I guess you, you could learn a lot from him if you had the right, if you could control his reach, but like everyone's mentioned, he had the power and the influence and the skill to just go back to what he was doing before. So. That's the thing is, can you learn from him to help, it, help prevent it from happening again? Or do you just eliminate that, that possibility? So very in, it, lots of interesting questions I didn't expect to have after this one. It, it was a fun book, but it also left questions in your mind, things to think over. You know, something in comparison I did think about, though, Holden was so upset with Miller for doing that, but I, I kind of equate what Holden did by his mass announcements. I mean, those caused deaths too, you know. I mean, it, but it just wasn't from his direct hand. But Holden really was as reckless as Miller was, in a, but in a different kind of way, you know, so. I wouldn't necessarily, I think the first one I can see, again, I can see, Talking earlier, I can see where he's coming from because it was kind of to save his 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 skin almost. But I fully agree with you. Later on, like the second time or like the third, like at that point, he is being, yeah exactly being reckless of what he's doing without thinking about it for sure. Yeah. And uh, what did everybody think about the the romance between Holden and uh, Naomi? What what was because I kind of I could have done without it. I don't know. I, it, I did like that it wasn't an automatic thing that. Um, you know, he had to, it wasn't just a, 
uh, didn't happen and everything worked out. It was a little funny. I mean, the, the angle that they worked about, you know, Holden had to pursue her and, you know, she kind of like, you know, kind of left him hanging there for a little bit and kind of, you know, just, I liked that it wasn't easy. It wasn't like too, it was, it was a good, you know, it was funny, but I could have done without the romance portion of it. I don't know, it just seemed like it didn't need it, I guess, but I'm not sure what everyone else thinks. I could have done without it, too. <laughs> Maybe too soon for this book. I think the big romance was Miller and Julie, uh, one-sided, or Miller's imagination. Um, <laughs> Julie and his imagination. Um, and I, I was kind of, something diminished it for me in that um, Holden is, is sort of presented as he's constantly falling in love with somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Naomi coming back and saying, well, now it's my turn, even though you never paid attention to me before this. I, I thought that was, um, I think, I thought that was good. I mean, to, to bring up, but it also kind of um, just diminished its quality to me. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, oddly, I do actually quite like romance in, in books, as long as it's not like the overarching, but I think you're right. I think the, the Miller in, in, in his head <laughs> was, the main, was the main romance in this. I think it, it point, yeah, I think it pointed to his character quite a lot, because again, I liked, I did actually like the discussions about like his character, that he does fall in love with everybody, he, although he does it in a really nice way, somehow, with all the people yeah. You're right, I don't think it, I, I agree that I don't actually think it was completely necessary in this one because of all the other bits. Um, but I guess extra, extra problems, I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think, um, I, I can see later on it becoming something that's has more substance, but on this one, I, I'm not sure. It, I mean, I did, like I said, the, the, part, the part when she was kind of telling like, you've you've dated someone this whole time and you're always with someone and i like that that she wasn't just sure let's do this it was more like she was you know she made him put the brakes and and you know look in the mirror a little bit but yeah the at the end it i think it could have done without the well, later on i think that would be would have been better but maybe you know maybe it'll change yeah i think it's a good um i think ultimately their the characterization and their personalities are um drawn the correct way for a romance to develop it just seemed very again formulaic you know um but then again uh back to this i, I just kind of feel each character like in this first book they're representing something you know like holden's representing right and wrong and miller's representing like this cynicism you know and then we've got the big imaginary romance i mean there's like you know, and so there needed to be a human romance as well. So kind of like, you know, again, those paperback paperback novels where it's like all the characters are drawn like really simply and something happens. But I kind of feel like that's what this is um, with tongue in cheek. You know, with the human so I have a, a question. I don't know this. You have a writing experience or whatever else you read a lot of books um i've always wondered about 
I think we might say another spit off voice, um, about the writers and how they write as the two people together and how they manage to do it consistently. Yeah, I can understand them doing it for a certain amount of time, but making sure that it's the same kind of uh, feel each time, even though it's two writers, that kind of boggles my mind a little bit. I didn't know if you guys have any idea or, or know actually how what their, what their process would be or what you would imagine it would be. Good question. Well, have you done that before, Layla? Have you collaborated like that? You know, I have on very short things, just creatively, um, or on poetry. Really. But what what I did notice in this, and and why I keep kind of going back to the, you know, the Star Trek um, novellas and that kind of thing. I mean, there is kind of, there is a formula. You know, um, many good pieces of literature are based on biblical stories, you know, or based on mythological stories. And I think um, I have no idea because I do not, I've not read anything about these authors, but, you know, you can kind of set back and say, okay, we want to tell the story of Adam and Eve in this book. What if we had the story of Adam and Eve where it's this cynical, washed up, you know, detective out on out in the asteroids. You know, I mean, um, I could. I just think that is the creative part of it. But if you look at how it's structured, I do think that they're, you know, they use some literary um, techniques, I guess, you know, like that to put it together. But then it's still really fun and creative at the same time. I'm I'm pretty surprised that they managed to collaborate and make it make it so seamless because I I would have never known that it was two authors if I you know um, so I, I think they did they did a great job but most of the the authors that I've talked to that have collaborated it's like a back and forth that they'll send work to each other and they'll kind of bounce off each other so for them to to do that for such a long series for these tomes of of these huge books that's a it's a that's quite an accomplishment that they would be able to do that for so long and it'd be so successful. I don't know if it, it had any influence, but one of them, um, uh, I think, had worked or as an assistant for George R. R. Martin, so maybe they kind of had a sense of, again, what what sells, you know, what what are the key story points to hit. Um, but it works, um, and that's what makes it fun. So. It, it was, it was a, it was a fun one. I think there's, it, it was, there are some heavier themes in it, but I think overall it was a fun, like a fun ride. So I'm curious to see uh, how the rest of the series goes. Is everyone continuing, or is it just me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it one more book. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, so I know it's late for it's getting late for Robin. Uh, so let's so we can uh, so John, what are your what are your closing thoughts on this one? It again not not a favorite book of mine, uh, but you know, like I said, I am willing to give the second book a shot. I you know I bought the first book and you know after I I didn't buy the second one until I I had uh, completed it, and you know it, uh, there's parts of it I like. There's parts of it I didn't really care for, so we'll we'll see how the second one goes. 
Well, if you weren't a big fan of the detective storylines, it may be over. So we may not have too much detective anymore. But, <laughs> but we'll find out. Uh, Lily, what are your what are your thoughts on this one? Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think looking forward, um, I hope we see Miller again in some way. And um, I'm looking forward to more characterization of Amos now. Mm-hmm. That I, I felt like... Um, he did have more depth in this book than I had expected him to have. Um, and so just uh, looking forward, I'm looking forward to reading the second book. Cool. And Robin, what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, uh, yeah, well, obviously I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I really want to think, I think when I read the next book, I'm gonna read a lot more into the, the protomolecule side of things and try and get to grips with that and understand it a little bit more. Cause clearly I think I even missed that or it wasn't in depth. So I think the rest of the series, definitely gonna read it. And um, yeah, looking forward to actually finding out a little bit more, reading into a little bit more of that, of that side of things and, and really kind of getting to understanding of it. Cause I don't think I got that from the first book really. Though, just really quickly, uh, Tammy commented, the character stereotypes have a lot to do with the story starting out as a tabletop game, oh. holding the paladin, Amos the brute, and Naomi the engineer, etc. Oh, oh, how interesting. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. That's a lot to think about there. It does, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chris, looking forward to everyone's thoughts on book two. Uh, Eva Slera is the greatest. She is. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we will. Uh, I'll, we can do another uh, meetup for the rest of this, for the second book if, if you guys are up for it, and anyone sure. else who wants to join. Um, but I I really like this one. I think it was almost like a my uh, my initial was a five star, but there's something just something missing from it. I can't put my finger on it, but I did really enjoy it. I loved Miller. I loved the background and what we learned about him, and um, I loved there, there were some great some great scenes in it, and I love the proto molecule and the whole storyline behind that. Mm-hmm. So had a good time with it. It was fun. Good times. So thanks, uh, Robin, for staying up late to hang out with us. And of course, John and Leila, it's always a pleasure to, to chat with both of you. So uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave everyone's channels down below and Leila, I'll leave your contact uh, information below too. So okay. thanks, everybody. We'll Thank see you, you soon. Thank you so much.